and we're back again here on the Brisbane Football Review's MPL Sunday show. Scott and I with you as usual. Adam, I say so, Rick, it's been a massive weekend in South East Queensland. Football and things just never disappoint, do they? Yeah, like I said, we go from um, last weekend through the Cup uh, cup Round 6 results. And then, and then yeah, a, a, sort of a wild weekend as such. You know, plenty of shocks and um, drums across all the grades. So, uh, like I said, it's, it's Sunday night. Let's get through it. Absolutely. Well, there, there can be disappointments in South Queensland football, but they tend to relate to the other, which we'll talk about on a whole different show later on during the week. For now, we will talk about the local football, and we'll start with the game which we did attend on Saturday night in the MPL Queensland men's competition, round 11, down there on the Gold Coast at the Croatian Sports Centre. It was Peninsula Power 4, Gold Coast Knights 1, goals from Josh Woolley, Andy Pengeli, Brenton Fox, and young Malachi Love Samira for the visitors. Curtis Solari got a goal back for Gold Coast Knights, and it took a long time for someone to beat the Knights down there on the Gold Coast, Adam, but now back-to-back losses at home in the league for the Knights, but a great performance from Peninsula Power. Yeah, look, this, um, we thought that Power were going to go down there. It was going to be a tight game. They might um, you know, they might win by an odd goal or whatnot, you know, based on you know, a bit of luck you know, or a bit of magic. But, uh, yeah, they produced a few pieces of magic, and at the end of the day, um, while the, probably the scoreline in a way may flatter uh, power a little bit as far as, you know, the dominance, I think I think it's a case of, um, yeah, certainly deserved. And, um, yeah, look, they, they are well and truly the team to beat at the moment. I think they, they proved that by going probably to the hardest place in um, Queensland football to, to win a game on the road. And they did it and did it well. They did do it. They did it very well, didn't they? Their performance was professional in a way, wasn't it? In the fact that they were just sold they did everything they needed to do. They got the early goal to get themselves a goal in front. And the second goal was really important as well for Mandy Pengeli. But some of the football they played, particularly for the third goal on the counter-attack, so that link-up play was absolutely superb. And we'll hear from Ben Ryan in a moment, but that coaching staff must be extremely happy with the way they're playing at the moment. Oh, absolutely. It's just It just seems to be that everything is clicking at the moment. They do have like, a couple of key injuries with Sam Cronin gone for a season and uh, Jake McLean will be out for an extended amount of time as well. So they're, they're two big names, but you wouldn't think it. The way this power side, they're just they're just rolling together. Connor Booth's come in. It looks like he's the man to uh, take over from Sam Cronin. Uh, Xander Guy and Brendan Fox at the moment seem to be trading on that right-hand side. Josh Woolley's form um, in particular has been, you know, since he actually got pushed back to left back for a while while I had a few injuries at the back. Since he's gone forward again, he's just gone to another level. So this is power side at the moment. Um, they're 10 out of 10 so far, and you can see why they're perfect as far as on the, in their league results. Yeah, sure, 10 out of 10 in terms of their league form, not individual ranking performances. Right, might get you to rank teams actually in a few weeks on how they're going, a mid-season report card, so to speak. But we will do that another week, but... There was a real anomaly last night, wasn't there, down there on the Gold Coast? Because not one, not two, but three players scored with basically their first touch of the football. Brenton Fox came on, and I mentioned that counter-attack. He's finished the end of that. That was his first touch. Curtis Stollery, he came off the bench for the Knights and scored with basically his first touch. And so did young Malachi Lovesmere. His first goal in the NPL Queensland this year, a really good young player who we saw a couple of times now, but he also scored with his first touch. And that's that's got to be a first Ah, uh, yeah. Look, unless unless uh, our our good mate in the doyen of statistics, Australian football, Andy Al, has something to say about that, I, I've got to believe that's that's a first. That just it's just a freakish bit of you know statistics. But um, yeah, look, um, Malachi loves Samira. We we identified him as you know a player to watch all the way back in round one uh, when he came on against uh, Logan Lightning, and um, yeah, it's, it's to score. His first uh, senior goal, which they're saying around the around the club, is you know, the youngest scorer, you know, for, in in senior football for them. Which you know, for for a club that's been around for you know for twenty something years and has seen some you know, some of the best strikers, you know, to come out of you know of Queensland at that level, um, to be the youngest, that that's a fair achievement. I think he has got a bright future ahead of him. He mostly doesn't. If you're going to invoke the name of the great Andy Howe, I'm going to bail out of this discussion around statistics very, very quickly. <laughs> I second. I wouldn't even, not even close. But I will say, look, Peninsula Power, you mentioned the Howe, 10 wins out of 10 to start the season. We'll talk about the table later on, but they've really put a marker down there, haven't they, in terms of being the favourites. They were already probably the favourites, but they are now 
pretty clearly the favourites to go back to back in the Premiership race. Yeah, look, it's almost getting to the stage at the moment that you know it it is almost theirs to lose. Um, the only reason why we're sort of not you know, already you know starting to talk about Coronation Day and when that's going to be is because of what happened two years ago, um, where they went through the first fifteen games you know perfect and then fell in a heap and you know only one only one sort of. You know, they went eight and five on the on the way back, so and that ended up costing them. So I think there's lessons to be learned not to not to um sort of declare it. But I, I think the sides also as well. It it is, this is a better team than what it was. Uh, if that's possible to you know compare team squads from two years ago, because a lot of the players you know were part of both sides. But I just think this side, this squad at the moment, I think it's a much deeper. A much stronger squad than it was two years ago that, that did run the board in the first um you know in the first part of the season. I think yeah, it is theirs to lose. I, I definitely agree with that. They've got much more depth this year in terms of look at who's coming off the bench for them and, and the quality they've got they're filling in these gaps through well you mentioned Sam Cronin's out for I think he's out for the rest of the year unfortunately, but they've they've filled that gap really, really well, whereas in the past they might not have been able to fill it quite as well. Now you mentioned the fact that they did start the year Start season two years ago in a really good good fashion, but fell away. I asked Ben Ryan about that last night after the game, and let's hear what he had to say about that, along with his thoughts on the match after the game down on the Gold Coast last night. Yeah. We're talking about assistant coach of Prince Bar, Ben Ryan. Ben, 4-1 here against Gold Coast Knights. That's a huge win for your side. Ah, absolutely. Um, teams don't come here and win. I mean, Olympic did it the last, last time out, but uh, I think it's three years, and they've only lost one, so we knew it was going to be tough. Um, and it was. Look, we had to, we had to dig really deep. It's only towards the end that we actually made it made it safe. So, yeah, um, it's a good one for us. That. Please with the combination football in there in the front third. Yeah, and again, every time I speak, yeah, it wasn't wasn't pretty. Um, we, we came here with a style of play that we thought would give us the best chance of getting a result, and it's uh, to come off again. So, yeah. Can you give yourself a bit of a pat on the back tonight? Malachi comes on, scores with the first touch, so does Brenton Fox. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's happened before, you know. Um, so, yeah, fair play. Um, we told them at half time just to watch the game and watch where they might come on and impact. And, um, they've, I mean, it's stuff of dreams, isn't it, for young Mal? I think he's the youngest scorer in the club's history now, MPL standard. So, yeah, we're, we're happy. So you're at the defensive end of the field, it's only six goals considered now in 10 games. You must be pleased with the way that the back five in particular are really combining and keeping clean. It's not tonight clean sheet, but in general, yeah. the defensive record to superb, hasn't it? And I think that's only the second from open play in 13 games that we've played League and Cup. So they're defending well, but they're good defenders and yeah. they're organised. You know, Jordy and Aaron have got them well organised. So it's, um, yeah, and there's a lot of experience there now. That makes a difference, I think. I know you're not going to want to talk about the end of the season, but a couple of years ago you had a big lead and things faded away. Did you learn anything from that experience a couple of years ago which you can hopefully put into practice for this year? I think we saw last year that we had a bit more steel, a bit more resilience, um, but every season's different. Like if you know, we're, we're capable of losing two or three off the bounce and all of a sudden, like any lead you've got, you, you, you're all of a sudden chasing. So, cliche again, it's one game at a time. We've got Kapalaba next week. We'll see where we're after there and, and then we move on. Congratulations tonight and good luck against Capella Bar next week. Cheers, thank you, sir. So that's what a very, very happy Ben Ryan had to say last time. They certainly celebrated that win loud down there on the Gold Coast last night, Adam. But we'll talk about the Knights now. And they certainly had patches in the game. You think 4 1 sounds like a one sided game, but they had patches in the game where they were pressing forward. It just wasn't quite clicking for them. Mitch Nichols was a lot more involved last night in terms of trying to make things happen, but it just wasn't happening for them last night, was it? Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, as I said um, before, you know, in the first sort of segment, is that it's, it wasn't performance that you say, oh, that you know, potential power absolutely you know, blew them off the, off the park. You know, they were in this for a long way, and it was just the power took their chances, and uh, Gold Coast Knights did not. Uh, as far as as sort of you know. You know, this is now back-to-back league losses. They are lost to Olympic. They are lost to Mitchell Power. Uh, so you say that you know, a lot of teams are going to lose, you know, lose to the, they, those caliber squad, those caliber sides, you know, across the league. So it's probably not a case of, you know, it's critical. But they, they need, they need, they probably need a scalp soon, they, just to get the confidence back, because they, they did even, even the game the last time they won, which was the Gold Coast Derby. 
they did they did only sort of fall off the line. Maybe if Gold Coast United had executed better, that might have been as well, you know, a different result. So, so yeah, it, they, they they just need a win for confidence, and and also as well with the cup run as well. They they they'd be looking to have one eye on them. Perhaps that might be some of the reason why they had they had a, you know, a very very easy win, comfortable win over Holland Park midweek. Uh, according to the stats, Holland Park didn't even get a shot on goal. So defensive, defensively, they were pretty comfortable. So it was a case of maybe the le- going for that level where they just coasted through on Tuesday night to take on you know, a, power like, a side like Peninsula Power. The jump may have been too much. And, and yeah, it's uh, it, they just need a win. I think it's certainly not critical for them. But... Yeah, so they need a win, but they'll get one soon. That's a tough run of games. We'll move on now, Adam, to the rest of the fixtures over the weekend. We'll start with Friday night's match between Morton Bay and Capella, but it was a 6-1 win for Morton Bay. Two goals for Zach Kierpel, and he's now up to nine goals for the season, Adam. He's sitting equal fourth on the Golden Boot standings and only only second at Morton Bay behind Rio Owner, who also scored at the weekend. This is a young player who I know both of us have a lot of time for in terms of his quality, and he burst onto the scene last year, but he is absolutely... If you take the raw kids out of the equation for just a moment, he's the, probably the best young player in the competition. Yeah, he, he'd be in the top couple. Could, and it's consistently as well. Like, with, Yeah, as you said, with the exception of the raw, young raw players, he's a player that you know is 18 years old who is playing consistently every week. He, he has been he's been picked. Royce Brownlee is picking him every week to lead the line. So that that's a feather in his cap. And having a return of nine goals in uh, ten games, ten or eleven eleven games now, Morton Bay have played for a first year player, his first full season. That that's a very very good effort. And no doubt he will probably you know be looking at fifteen to twenty goals by the season's end. Absolutely, he was in terrific form, and he was he. Spearheaded the side of Morton Bay to a big win over Capalaba on Friday night. Moving on to games on Saturday, Logan Lightning had a 3-2 win at home against Gold Coast United. And this was a important win for Gold for, for for Logan, wasn't it? In terms of just they, the home games, they have to make them count. This was one where you thought they could get some points, and they did a really good job here. Goals from from Brown, Capello, and Borg. Logan, they're they're a team that certainly against against. Uh, other other clubs of so they're of the same sort of equal quality, they're they're matching it. This is probably one you would have thought maybe that Gold Coast United, given their form, um, they're, they're three straight losses. Uh, again, I think it's starting to get become now where these losses are starting to mount up. And they've been in all three games. They they they're in the game the derby. Uh, they they pushed um Brisbane Raw all the way last week, and we'll go on to them shortly. Uh, but to lose again to Logan Lightning. Yeah, it's a case of of where their their form now. The performance is one thing, but they've got to start uh, picking up results because they even though they've got games in hand, that game in hand against is against potential power. So it's more than likely they ain't getting nothing out of that. So and they're, they're seeing just above the relegation zone. So they probably need to start the, these games where they're actually performing well, and there's no doubt that they they are. But they've got to start getting results. This is a results-driven business. Yeah, the rest of the competition would very, very much like it if they were able to get something away from home against Peninsula Power. But it's your point, it's a very, very difficult place to go. Speaking of difficult places to go, Magpies Crusaders 3, Redlands United 2. Goals from Geordie Vlugels, Daniel Goney and Jaden Brown for the home side. James Bonomi with a brace for Magpies. I know there was something happening happened isn't late in the game. We'll talk about it in a moment, Adam. But just on the result itself, it's a huge, huge three points for Magpies Crusaders United up there at home. Absolutely. It's uh that's a that's a big result. Second win of the season. And uh the teams have beaten Redlands United and Brisbane Strikers, two teams are around them. They're gonna need another scalp at some point that's you know that's higher on the on the ladder just so they can sort of really you know, jump on. But for, as far as you know FFA Cup preparations as well, they need to start getting wins. There's no point I know they probably are thinking that Edge Hill is a game they probably should be winning, but you still got to put it on the park. You've got to put it in practice. And this is probably a big uh, confidence-boosting uh, win, not only for the not only for you know, the FA Cup tie, but also as well just for their season prospects. Absolutely. It's a huge tie, that game against Ed Chill in a couple of weeks, which we'll talk about 
later on in this show. But first, we mentioned there was an incident. Richard Greer, the Redlands United coach, he was sent off for late in the game, Adam. I'm not sure. The camera vision was... You could see something happen behind the bench there that launched, created an all-in scuffle and he was shown a red card. It was probably wasn't a good look, was it? No, it appeared that... It was that he was trying to go collect the ball uh, that was kicked into the, the side. Uh, Lejeune, the keeper, uh, sort of cleared it out and it landed in the Magpies Crusaders uh, bench. And for some unbeknown reason, he's gone charging out 100 miles an hour to, to, to I believe, to try and retrieve the ball. Uh, he looks like he's knocked over someone. It might have been a ball kid, it might have been an official, and it was on. And Look, whether I'm sure that there wasn't intent or malice to cause all that, um, but it's not a good look. And I'm sorry to say, he, he's going to go for a few weeks for that. It's just, you just don't do that. It's just not a great look. And if you don't know what we're talking about, I would suggest to go onto MPL TV you know, and check it out for yourself. I don't want to cast this version. I'd rather let other people to make their judgments and see what, what they can't with, but yeah, I don't think we've heard last of this as far as yo know, action, and he may be missing for extended stint on the sidelines um, down down Cleveland on the road because yeah, I can't see I can't see him you know getting any less than you know three or more like we're talking about maybe five or nine even. It's but we're not we're not the judge jury and executioner here, but yeah, it's not a good look. It's not, and he was shown a straight red card. And if he is missing for a large period of time, it'll be a huge loss for Redlands United because he's done a great job down there, putting the result aside last night. He's done a really good job down there at the Cleveland Showgrounds or the Compass Ground as it is now. So hopefully for their sake, he's not missing for too long, but it wasn't a great look to your point. Moving on to the games played on Sunday, starting off at the at Goodwin Park. Brisbane Raw were at home against Olympic FC at home. They know, we know they played their home games at the way to everyone else, but it was a home game for the Raw. Two-all draw against Olympic goals from Josh Moore and Eli Adams for the home side. They get the, it sounds weird saying the home side at Goodwin Park and it's not Olympic, but the Raw were the home side in this case. You'll have to believe me on that one. But they did come from behind, twi- come from behind twice with Josh Moore and Eli Adams. Dan Leck and Zach Anderson gave Olympic the lead twice, but they weren't able to hold on in what was a great game of football, Adam. The nomadic Brisbane yes, Raw as Simon Smale so eloquently put it. And then the call. Um, yeah, it is It is uh, an issue that is Brisbane Royal. It's weird seeing Olympic in there. What I think is that they're their best kit, that blue kit. I think it's a, I think it's a great kit, but that, that fashion aside, look, this is a very, very good game. Um, that Olympic really came out with a plan. They, they actually, I think they showed them probably just a smidgen too much respect. I think the way they defended, I think when they got in front, it was it was as if like they they really did treat the the young raw almost as like their equals as far as they sort of they gave them the respect to try mark about rather than trying to rush out and just you know play a high press on them they sort of sat back and absorbed pressure but not not take anything away from the raw like Josh Morland his his best game in my opinion you know since he since he debuted up at Peninsula Power uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, Eli Adams looks like at the moment with with Cyrus Demi and Alex Parsons, with them them now look like they're 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 now senior players as far as they're they're being selected weekly. Alex Parsons has started the last three games for the A League side, so I don't think we're going to see him again in uh, in MPL. But he's really stepped up, and he had to step up. He was probably the next player in line as next man up. But it was also good to see in defensively, um, Anthony Burke Gilroy getting a run. Uh, and he nearly pinched the lead just on half time with an amazing free kick that, that absolutely cluttered the um, crossbar. But he, he had a very, very strong game for 60 minutes, the most he's played since he signed the club. So, so yeah, it's, it was a good game, um, worthy of a top four showdown. It was. Look, it, it's a feather in the raw's cap, actually, that teams are now actually treating them with the respect of being a top-four caliber team. You mentioned the fact that Olympic treated them in that way. I think that's a sign of the progress that the Raw have made under Chris Grossman, and so is the resilience, actually, because quite often a young Raw side missing their best players would go down to a team like Olympic 2-1 down with 15 minutes to play, but all right, well, they they put up a good fight, but it wasn't quite their day. But the resilience to fight back for a second time 
that's probably, that's probably the most encouraging thing for me. If you are, if you're a fan of the Brisbane Raw, listening to this, or you want to see young talent from the NPL from that side in particular make it into the A League, that sort of resilience to be able to bounce back from that is is really really impressive. No one would have thought any worse of them if. When Zach Anderson scored that goal 15 minutes to go, you thought, look, they put in a great effort. Olympic just too good in the day. But the fact is that they stepped up their tempo in the next five to 10 minutes and really attacked Olympic. That is going to be the most encouraging thing of all. And this is not the first time we've seen it either. They did it against Lions as well earlier in the season. They, they've done, they did it against Gold Coast when it was 2 all when they fought back and they kicked again. So that... that Results aside, that's probably the most impressive thing that Chris Grossman has instilled in these, these young guys is that they have that resiliency. That's something you sometimes you can't teach. That's the, the players themselves standing up. The, the leaders in that side, the players like an Eli Adams, like Hassan Ramazani at the back. Uh, Brandon McMorrow has seemed to have stepped up in the last sort of month or six weeks to, to be a senior player in that team. And he's being rewarded at the moment by, by Warren Moon. So there is so much good stuff to, to unpack there for the Raw. And, yeah, look, it, it's as far as the future of the club goes, in general, you can see a lot of these players, they, they, I think they're going to be you know, in the plans uh, of of the seniors, senior side and Warren Moon's plans, you know, years to come. Because there's some really, really good talent. The cars pick high enough. But as far as Olympic goes... Look, it was a professional effort from them. Uh, they just, yeah, they, they, they did what they need to do. They just couldn't find a way to hold them out. And that's, and, and, but as I said, it's probably two, two, a two all. I think both teams deserve the point. And Ben comes where he's sitting there saying he had enough chances to win the game in addition to that anyway, because they had a couple of really good chances which they didn't take. Mm. On another day, they might take them. And you're right, with some of those raw kids, they might be involved sooner rather than later. Hopefully they're involved on Wednesday night against Perth, because Lord knows... They could probably use a couple of players on the bench to help them out in terms of the A-League squad based on today's performance. Anyway, moving on to the other games played in the NPL on Sunday. Much more much more bright prospects, depending on your point of view. And we'll have to wait and see on that. But Lions FC lost at home 2-0 to Sunshine Coast Wanderers. We'll talk about Lions in a minute because we've got the FFA Cup tie coming up to talk about. But for the Wanderers, this is a great result. A side which have, they're flying under the radar at the moment because they're, they're in a great position on the table. We'll talk about table in a moment. But they're comfortably mid-table with games in hand and could push into the top six if they win those games. It's a great result for the Wanderers. Yeah, Paul, Paul Arson has to be so happy in the trip, on the trip back up to up to Sunshine Coast. This is a side that really wasn't given much chance. Even, even we didn't think that, we thought there was potential, but they may have been a couple of players you know, short of being of being able to sort of you know, be comfortable mid-table. We thought that they'd be they'd need to pick off you know, games where they can win and you know, try and sort of stay above ahead of the relegation zone. Uh, to go to Lions and win, not many clubs at the moment can say that they've they've done that. Not in recent times. So I, I don't look. I, I don't know what's going on at Lions at the moment. This is another. I don't know if it was the like they had, from all accounts they had a very, very easy time against Logan on um, on Tuesday nights. There's no like they they had their five days break. So I just don't know. I, it'd be interesting to see what the postmortems of coming out there there as far as why Lions are on a slide because this is look with all due respect to Sunshine Coast and congratulations and win, but. Generally speaking, this is a game where you'd almost say Lions for Sunshine Coast nil. But congratulations to Sunshine Coast. They are, they are going very, very well at the moment. Lions, wow, I don't, I don't know what to say. Yeah, well, they did play. This fixture, the corresponding fixture last year was actually the uh, Foundation Cup game. And the Wanderers hung in the game for about about 40 minutes from memory. And then Lions got a couple of goals. And then it was pretty comfortable from there. So... Look, with Lions, it seems like it's one step forward, two steps back at the moment. They had the good result in the Cup, which we'll talk about shortly, but it just seems like the consistency which they've been known for over the last couple of years isn't quite there at the moment. That's something they might have to try and rectify if they want to try and get them to their season back on track. Final game of the round in the NPL men's it was at Parc de Paris, where there was a coaching change midweek, Adam, where John Cosmina was moved on, and Vedran Bersabagovic came in as the new coach of the Brisbane Strikers, and... It was a 1-0 win for Eastern Suburbs there. A goal from Jaden Ballarizo. Not the first up result they would have wanted after the coaching change, but maybe a bit more spirit. Yeah, look, I think it's a... 
Is, I think if you're looking for positive strikers, that that score line is one nil, not ten nil. And I, and I say that with the utmost respect because it's it sounds it's it sounds like at least defensively that they're putting in East. You know, they 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 got their goal, and but like I said, they, they I think at least if, if you're trying to find positives for strikers at the moment, it's at least they're not they're not conceding the amount of goals that they were. Again, as as we say with a lot of teams, you know, when they're the lowest ebb, it, it starts with building the fence. And if defensively, if the strikers can at least, you know, for the next month or so, they can even if they're not winning, but they're at least, you know, score they're at least you know, holding teams out, they're not getting blown off the park, that might at least be you know, positive signs forward. I think at own eleven at the moment, uh, with especially with Magpies Crusaders uh winning, which has opened up a two win lead on that. Uh, look, I think I think they're doomed, strikers. Unfortunately, I think the 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 um, horses probably bolted on that, but it doesn't mean that they give give up and you know concede you know 150 goals in a season. That yeah, you know, they there's still futures to play for, and it's still a proud club. There's no doubt about that. There's still there's still a proud club, and they need to for the next for the next 13 rounds. They need to at least you know, show some fight. I think it's I think that's all that can be asked of them from this stage on. Absolutely. We'll look at the table now. As mentioned earlier, they are sitting at the table of Brisbane Strikes. We'll start at the top end of the table. We have Peninsula Power. Ten wins out of ten. They're on 30 points. They're four points clear of the Brisbane Royal Academy, who are on 26 points. Knights are on 24. Olympic round out the top four on 21. Then you've got Morton Bay United in fifth on 19. Then Logan Lightning, they're up to sixth on 17 points. The Wanderers, they're up to seventh on 16. Lions are down there in eighth place. That's very unusual to see Lions in eighth place, but they're on 14 points. You've got Eastern Suburbs on 13, Kapalabar 10, Gold Coast United 9, Redlands 6, Magpies Crusaders 6, and Brisbane Strikers, as you mentioned, rounding out the bottom of the table. They're yet to get their, their account open for season 2021. Moving on to the MPO Women's, Adam, where there was one game played a few weeks ago between Brisbane City and the QAS. That was a 2-1 win for Brisbane City. In the games played this weekend, the, we'll start off with the game we covered on Friday night at Walton Bridge Reserve. South United had a good win over the gap by four goals to one. Yeah, South's showing pretty much flying under the radar as, as far as as their their credentials go. They they moved up in the second uh, for what at the time we thought was going to be twenty four hours, but uh, other results which are about to. Uh, say sees them still in second, and that's that's a very very good effort because again we didn't know what at the start of the season what what they're going to be capable of, but they they really look like they're 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 off to they're in the top eight. They're going to be playing MPL. It is, and look, the first half wasn't the most um, entertaining football you've ever seen, but the second half certainly was. There was some great goals in there, including one from Ree Kitano, who and no. South United performance at the moment is, is complete without a goal from Ricatano. She's been absolutely spectacular. Yeah, there's also a couple of long-range efforts as well from from Souths that that you know they were very very well taken goals. So they 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 came out in the second half and just absolutely like it was it was two goals in about in about minutes just just after half time that really put the game game to bed. Uh, Gap tried. I I think that. Their their fate may be sealed as far as as you know playing in the bottom in the bottom eight. Uh, look, they've got, they've got some good players on paper. It's just the young players. Just it, it's still rebuilding stage. I think the best thing for them right now would be you know be playing in in that second tier just just to just to rebuild. It's probably not where we associate the gap, but. At the end of the day, a lot of it is about performance and producing, you know, players at, at the elite level rather than just you know wins and losses. Well, if you'd said two years ago that Brisbane Strikers and the Gap could be playing second division football here in Queensland in the men's and women's competitions respectively, I think you would have got absolutely laughed out of whatever room you were in when you said that because it was going to be completely unthinkable. The Gap have got a couple of winnable games at home in the next few weeks, but they might be able to pick up points yeah. to move towards that top eight, but at the moment, I think you're right. They might be heading towards being in that bottom half. Some of the other results over the weekend, Logan Lightning 2, Kapalabar 2, Lions 6, Virginia nil, Thunder 2, Peninsula Power 2, Western Pride 2, Mitchelton 2, South, Sunshine Coast Wanderers nil, Olympic nil. and in the game which I know you're desperate to talk about here, Adam, so I'm going to be quiet for a couple of minutes, Morton Bay United <laughs> 4, 
Gold Coast United 2, Adam, go. When I saw this result, we were at uh, we were at Croatia Sports Centre. I nearly fell. Much. I actually thought this was actually the under-23s result until I looked at it again and gone, hang on, Sean Fry scored, Samantha Bambling scored. Wow, they, they beat... Morton Bay beat Gold Coast United. That's a fantastic result. Absolutely fantastic result. Uh, Gold Coast United, I'm guessing that they're still... They're still a bit shaken after after losing, yeah, you know, five nil to Lions the week before. But congratulations to the Morton Bay girls. It is that is a complete one eighty to where they were probably this time last year. And I think as well, like South United, they've all but sealed their place in the top eight, which is probably which was probably the main aim that that David De Silva would start out when he took the job. Uh, last October to, t- to take on this program and I think it's mission accomplished. How far they can go and whether this is a look, I'm not going to call it a fluke result but a result against the grain. Look, Gold Coast United is still, still a great team. They're going to have off days. If, if they if they meet in their return match at, at Coplex later later in the year, look, it may be a different result but they just need to save at the moment. I think it's, it's, it's a great a great, uh, a great result for for those girls who be, who've been through so much. It is, and it's a flagship result in all seriousness for Morton Bay not and David De Silva, in terms of this rebuild which he's undergone through out there at Morton Bay because it's a, to go from where they were last year, which we know it was a complete 180 from where they were, were in 2019 before that year, and now where they are now, it seems to be up and down. But the the rebuild job he's done there, this result absolutely just puts a complete exclamation mark on that. We should mention Sam Bambling, 12 goals now for the season in outstanding form. He's third in the MPLW golden boot race behind Shea Connors and Amy Gunston. So outstanding form from Samantha Bambling as well. Yeah, they, they probably should, I should probably give a, they should give you our bronze boot because it's, it's, it's <laughs> insanely unfair that <laughs> the amount of firepower that, that Lions had, but no, it, all, all jokes aside, that's uh, it is a great result. I'm probably showing my bias as far as, you know, Morton Bay, but look, see, see some of the results this time last year that, 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 that club was enduring. Uh, I'm just, I'm just nothing but happy for him. Thank you for that, Mr. Mayor. We'll move on now to the table in the NPL wins where Lions FC, they are they do remain on perfect top of the table. Ten wins out of eleven games, they're on thirty-one points. They're now eight points clear of their nearest challenge, which is South United, who are up two spots into second place. Capalabar, they're down to third after their draw against Logan during the, on the weekend. They're on twenty-two points. Gold Coast United down there in fourth place. Morton Bay in fifth, and you've got Sunset Coast Wanderers, Brisbane City. And Olympic FC round out the top eight, and that's very important. We'll talk about that in a moment, Adam. But they round out the top eight currently on 14 points. And you've got Mitchelton on 13, Virginia 13, Eastern Suburbs on 12, Western Pride 12, and you've got the Gap on nine, QAS eight, Logan six, and Thunder and Power on one point each. So that that's top eight split is looking really, really tight now. You've got five teams there. Yes, six teams, if I beg your pardon, from Brisbane City down to Western Pride, there's one result in it between all those sides. I think it tells you how close it's going to be just based on the fact of how many tight, tense draws there were this weekend. That tells you how close it is between those sides in particular to see who will make the top eight and who won't. Absolutely. There's, there's some big results there. Olympic especially, that, that, that was a, a prime opportunity to go up to Ballinger Park and get all three points, especially with the side that they've built. Since since the start of the season to now, they've they've built they've brought in a lot of experience in Angel Beard and Lyra Toby, amongst others, and they would be demanding results now. So that that to drop points there, uh, at the moment I still think it's it's too close to call. Even even despite my you know my fawning over Morton Bay United, I still think they would probably need another win just just to secure their top eight spot. But it's Every result is going to count, even down to the likes of you know, Western Pride. Even the gap at, at nine points, only two wins behind. If they can get a result, a result here or there, uh, they again they're in the factor. So there's there's plenty to play out for the for the race for the um for the top eight. Certainly, we're very interested to see what happens in the, in that. Now we will move on quickly through the FQPL because we've got plenty still to talk about on the show. So FQPL one, Adam. Yeah, right. So. 
Mitchelton 2, Southwest Queensland Thunder 0, Brisbane City 6, Sunshine Coast SC 2, Ipswich Knights 1, Southside Eagles 1, South United 1, Wynnum Wolves 2, and Western Pride 2, Holland Park Hawks 1. Just quickly, what, what's the big picture result there for you in terms of the standout result? It's got to be uh, Mitchelton, Mich- right? Yeah, Mitchelton 2, Southwest Queensland Thunder 0. That could almost spell the end of... Southwest Queensland Thunders uh, promotion hopes uh, because they they technically will need to come out and beat both Brisbane City and Rochdale on on the return and then hope that they drop other games. One to they'll play each other at some point and hope that another another club, be it a Western Pride, Ipswich Knights, or anyone, you know, starts getting results against Brisbane City. Brisbane City nine all. We say the same thing about Peninsula Power and MPL. It's theirs to lose, and I can't see at the moment them them stopping. Yeah, it is theirs to lose, and it they certainly don't look like losing it at the moment. For me, the, the result is actually win of Wolves. I think it's a huge result away from home to South United this afternoon by two goals to one. It moves them into ninth place on the table. We'll go through that in a moment, but we haven't really spoken about that relegation battle in FQPL one. It's shaping up as a very interesting one, Adam. But it's a great result for win and Wolves there. But the result for Mitchell is also huge because. It moves them a bit further clear of that, and we never expect them to be in that sort of race at the beginning of the year. But go looking at the table, Brisbane City, they are, to your point, they're now seven points clear of Rovers. Rovers after their win on Saturday night, so it's Brisbane City on 27 points after nine games played. Rochdale Rovers on 22, Thunder 21, and you've got Western Pride into fourth place on 15 points ahead of their near and not-so-dear rivals, Ipswich Knights on 13 points. South United 12, Southside Eagles 9, Mitchelton nine, Wynnum Wolves six, Sunshine Coast four, and Holland Park Hawks three. So, well, the race at the top is pretty clear if Brisbane City is to lose. The rest of the, but in the FQPL one, Adam, between the race for the top four and to avoid the bottom three is pretty pretty close. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting race down, down the bottom. I think more, more importantly, I think that's going to be the race to watch. That Holland Park, they... they Holland Park and Fire are probably the two that are probably showing signs of worry the most. But Wolves Wolves seem to be getting their act together. Mitchelton, you know, to go up to you know, Clyde Berghoffer and get three points, that's that's huge for them. So they they probably are upward swing. South United and Southside Eagles as well, they probably need to start winning as well. West Western Western probably the two Ipswich clubs, I think they'll be they'll be fighting at each other for for the top four spot. But anyone after that, all bets are off. It is, and we'll move on quickly to FQPL2, which I'm going to this week call, Adam, upset round because there were plenty of those over the course of the weekend. Coomera at, at home two, lost by seven goals. Sanford won seven goals to away from home to Coomera, I should say. North Star 2, Magic United 1, and the two games played this afternoon is where the upsets kicked in. Grange Thistle 2, Caboolture FC 1, Virginia United 1, Turinga Rovers 1, so... Caboolture slipped up, but they still maintain their lead at the top of the table because Turinga also slipped up away from home. Yeah, it's, um, they probably didn't know. That's a, that was a big opportunity for Turinga to yeah. to close the gap after they after they lost um, in their head-to-head matchup. Look, it sounds like it was uh, one of those days where it was eventually going to catch up with Caboolture. Like, not not everyone can go through and have a perfect season. Everything go their way. It's seeming like Ranger becoming a very very tough side. To, to beat at the moment. They've, they've, got, they've picked up a few scalps in recent weeks. So I think that, that might be starting to develop into a three-club a three club race there between uh, Caboolture, Turinga and Grange. North Star, I think, as well, they're trekking the right direction. It is. That's pretty, pretty clear top four at the moment. Caboolture is still four points clear with a game in hand. They're on 21 points ahead of Turinga on 17. Grange are also on 17. You've got North Star 15, Magic 11. Samford 10, Virginia, who I'm going to start calling the entertainers because every time I see any any of their games on the stream, it seems to be high high entertainment. They're on seven points. You've got Coomera on nil at the moment. We'll move on now to the FFA Cup, Adam, and we'll actually start this recap with an interview which James recorded with Darren Syme over midweek after the Lions had a good win over Logan Lightning in the Cup. So let's hear what Darren Syme had to say after the win midweek over Logan Lightning. All right, joined on the Brisbane Football Review by Darren Syme. 5-0 win into the final round of qualification. Was it the win you guys needed? 
Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was always going to be a challenging game coming here midweek um, after, you know, a tough game against Easts. But the boys were, were fantastic tonight. From the first kick of the game, um, I felt we were in complete control. Um, there was a level of intensity tonight that I haven't seen in a while. Um, so from a coaching perspective, it was, uh, it was an impressive, you know, game to watch. And uh, Jordan got things started with an excellent free kick. Did that sort of give the players that little bit of an extra boost? Not that they really needed it. No, well, it's always nice to score early, isn't it? Um, it takes a little bit of pressure off. Uh, and it was a quality, quality free kick. He's not normally on free kicks, but he was obviously, you know, very focused tonight and felt that he can contribute. And, you know, he's scoring goals for fun at the moment. So, you know, when he's in that sort of form, you, you give him the ball. And obviously the clean sheet as well. How important was that for you guys as the match wore on? Logan went down to 10. Uh, was that priority number one? Absolutely, yeah. I think for us, we've been conceding far too many goals through our own misadventure and, and decisions. So tonight it was really about ensuring that we minimise mistakes um, to not allow them into the game. Um, and I thought the boys took no chances tonight and... Uh, I'm very, very happy that we did keep a clean sheet, as I'm sure they are as well. Definitely. And obviously, you've got a very full squad at the moment, a lot of competition for places. How how helpful is it for you as a manager just being able to say, all right, you know, you've got to perform. Otherwise, you know, we've got plenty of uh, backup options. Yep, it's a, it's a good position to be in, there's no doubt. Um, certainly makes training very, very competitive, and that's what you want as a coach. Um, you know, boys are going to miss out. Um, they're aware of that. They're not happy about it. Well, that's up to me to, you know, to explain and, and, and justify. And, you know, they're a close-knit group and um, they'll do everything for the squad. So, And finally, so you're into the final round of FFA Cup qualification, trying to get Lions back on the national stage for the first time mm. since 2018. Mm. Um, you've got, I believe it's Brisbane City or Ipswich Knights in the next round. I'm assuming you'll be tuning in tomorrow night? Absolutely, yeah. I, I think it's Southwest. Queensland Thunder? I think yep. it is, yes. Yeah, yeah. My mistake. No, that's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously I've been keeping an eye on them through through uh, through the vision uh, on MPL TV and, and, and that. So With the wonderful commentators, of course. Fantastic. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, that's why I tune in. Um, Self-promotion. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, yeah, whoever, whomever we meet, um, we'll be ready to go. Yeah. Definitely. Well, Darren, congratulations on the win tonight. Best of luck for the game on the weekend and for the cup run going forward. Thank you for your time. Appreciate that. Thanks very much. Okay, so thank you there to James and Darren Simon after the Lions 5-0 win over Logan Lightning in the Cup midweek in Round 6. Now, the game which we did cover on our social line, that was 3-2 for Brisbane City over Southwest Queensland Thunder. And for a long time, it looked like Thunder were actually going to get the result. It went ahead twice. City pegged them back and then just edged it in extra time. But great result for Brisbane City, but a bit unfortunate for the Thunder. Yeah, thunder, thunder for a while. They look, they look like they they execute the uh, the uh, great old you know, smash and grab performance, going down to uh, Spencer Park and potentially uh, getting a result. And they they look good, but uh, in both halves, they just seem to switch off at the end of the half, and that was enough for for City to um, bounce back. And they got the uh, the go ahead goal in extra time to to uh, book their place in the round seven. They did elsewhere in round six in southeast Queensland zone. Sunset Coast Wanderers 3-1 in extra time over Surface Paradise. Apollo, Gold Coast Knights 5, Holland Park Hawks nil. Olympic FC 2, Southside Eagles nil. And Peninsula Power 3, Ipswich Knights nil. So pretty much what you'd expect to see in those results there, Adam. And looking to round seven now, because I know they're the fix to everyone's interest in see who can qualify as the four Queensland representatives in in the FFA Cup for 2021. And we'll start with Gold Coast Knights will play against Sunshine Coast Wanderers, and it's coast to coast, but both these sides have been here before in round seven from memory. Certainly Gold Coast Knights have, and they start favourites, obviously, but the way the Wanderers are playing at the moment, I would not be ruling out a smash and grab job by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but uh, this result tonight... Give- so it gives a little bit of pause that they're not afraid to go to one of the big clubs and try and get get a result. And I think this is their their, their win tonight over Lions. You know, I know cup football is very very different to to league football, but 
that will give them confidence. Uh, it's their it's their first appearance uh, in the round of uh, in round seven, so they're, they're going to go in without any fear. And if they can go in, grab an early goal, that, and try and defend their lives for their lives, look, cup football has these funny things of you know rewarding you know those who are brave enough to do it. The Knights looking to get into the round of thirty-two for the second time, I believe, Adam. So for them, it's a great opportunity at home to be able to do so. Uh yeah, yeah. Look, uh, they it's the. Uh, so this will be their third appearance in the round of seven. Uh, in in round seven, they yeah no, so they they will start favourites, but but yeah like they, again they cannot overlook uh, uh, Sunshine Coast. Otherwise, they they may they may you know fail again. Absolutely, and look, two sides who are very very familiar with both playing against each other and also being in round seven there for fake up Peninsula Power host Olympic FC. I mean. Olympic FC, they've been perennial contenders. We know how great they've been in FFA Cup and Peninsula Power have been close near enough plenty of times before and been there once before. So both these guys know what it's all about. It'll be a high-stakes clash up there at AJ Kelly Park. Oh, absolutely. This, this is high-stakes beyond belief. That this, These are two clubs that would have set, set themselves out at the start of the season that you know, around a 32 berth would be one of the, the criteria for success this season. One of them's not going to get there. Some one one of these teams is going to fail in that in that quest. Uh, Olympic Olympic in their record in the round of, in round seven, they've, they've qualified three times for the national rounds and went down once. Peninsula Power once they've qualified and they've failed twice. And ironically, these two sides actually met in 2014 round seven, and it was Olympic that advanced. So plenty of history on that, but beyond. Beyond the history and nostalgia of it all, this is just a big-time game that with, with so much on the line. Absolutely. Well, let's see what happens. If they can, they repeat 24. We'll have to wait and see. The third game in South East Queensland, it's an absolute historical cracker, this one, Adam. It's the sort of thing that you'd just love to see in the Cup. And it's, it's, it's a super classic go between Brisbane City and Lions City. Lions have been to the Round 7 plenty of times before. Brisbane City, I think, have only been there once before. And it was a, they played Olympic and lost heartbreakingly for their sake on penalties, but that'll be a great occasion at CTM Stadium in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, this is this is probably the other big clash. Uh, obviously, the two uh, Brisbane-based teams. For Lions, for Lions, this, this is their um, their fifth appearance in the uh, in the round seven. Uh, two two times they've qualified, two times they've missed out. Uh, City, as as you mentioned, that that one appearance in round seven. Where they went down to Olympic, in it's a game that I remember vividly. Was probably one of the most dramatic games you'll see in a very, very long time. Um, that that loss to Olympic, and for both sides, again, this is more than just it's more than just the you know, game there. This is, means so much to both teams. Lions, this might be their their one chance for success because their league their league season's going south fast. I don't know I don't know if they can really recover much. They might be able to turn it around fish fourth and have a nice shot, but for them to make the national rounds, that might at least give them some positives to go for, at least in the in the interim period. Whereas City, I think for them it's also redemption. To to make the round three two after the year they had last year, uh, I think that will also mean a lot, Tom. So again, high stakes, probably not as high stakes as Olympic and Power. I think that's that's probably the, the biggest of them all of, of all ties, but there's certainly going to play on this. And as you said, the history aspect, Lions versus C, the only Super Classico this year. Let's see what happens. Right, so it's, it's great for Lions in that fixture, isn't it? Lions, it's whatever happens in their league form, it's the only chance they're going to have to play on the national stage because they won't be playing in the NPL final series. That's for certain. Mm. Other way the table's looking at the yeah. moment. And for Brisbane City, you're right. If they can, after the year they went through, if they can get go from relegation to bouncing back and into the round 32 for the first time it would be a fantastic story. And we won't, we've got the fourth title, which we'll talk about, which we won't ignore our friends up north. Magpies Crusaders United, Magpies Crusaders United, I beg your pardon, they, of Mackay, they will host Edge Hill United from Cairns. And they start favourites of Magpies, but I would not be ruling out that Edge Hill United side, which you, I'm led to believe, Adam, have a fair few players from the old FNQ Heat, Cairns FC, who certainly have a very strong pedigree in the cup. So they know what it's all about, some of these Edge Hill United players, no doubt about that. Absolutely. Uh, Edge 
Edge Hill United, well, a, as their club, it's the first time they'll appear in the round of seven. But uh, we're saying that uh, we're going, I was going through, through the stats earlier. Uh, Can, the, the entity of Cairns FC and Far North Queensland Heat, five trips to the round of seven, five times have qualified for the national round. So certainly there's a lot of players that know what it takes to go on to go on to the national stage. As far as uh, Magpies Crusaders, this is their third trip to the uh, to round seven, and uh, they they made it they made it one last year. Oh, sorry, in 2019 they qualified, um, and they missed out in 2018 to that Cairns FC team. So again, it, it's very very hard to get a lot a form line because obviously they play in different competitions, so it's hard to know exactly where they inform. But, uh, yeah, look, this is going to be fascinating. I wouldn't be writing off Edge Hill just because they play in the Cairns Premier League compared to Magpies Crusaders who play in the NPL. Absolutely. Now, we won't, I won't get to predict all of these four times. So just give me one team who will qualify for for the round of 32. Just one. Oh, God. Uh, just a name. If, name. Any, any name will do. Look, Gold Coast Knights. I'll say Magpies Crusaders. I was going to say Gold Coast, New Tokyo, so I thought I'll go for someone different with Magpies, but they're going to be four great ties. Played on the weekend of June 19, so keep an eye out for the exact times and dates for those ties, exactly when they're going to be played, but it will be on the weekend of June the 19th. Now, Adam, before before we wrap this up, we have to go through this every week. Who is your performer of the week? Um, Look, my performer of the week is actually going to be coming out of very much left field. Because my performer of the week is going to be Chris Grossman, the coach of Brisbane Raw, of Brisbane Raw Academy. Not only because his side are playing so well this season, but also as well because he has been on um, baby alert this week with his partner Jude was actually due to give birth yesterday, and he was on the sideline today. I uh, don't know if if uh, if they've given birth yet, but. Uh, when it does happen, Chris, congratulations from all of us at the Brisbane Football Review. I know you do listen. I don't know if you'll be listening tomorrow, but uh, I know you're listening. But congratulations from all of us. It's a great shout out. We'll, we'll give him a pass for not listening tonight. Because what is it, by the way, with raw coaches, by the way? Because Josh, Jake Gucci had to go through this <laughs> a few weeks ago as well. So not sure what's going on. Best of luck to Chris as well. You're right about that. Hopefully the baby arrives happy and healthy. You can talk to him in a couple of weeks' time. I'll go for my performance of the week. One of his players, actually, Eli Adams, I thought he was superb for the Brisbane Royal Academy tonight and capped it off with a superb finish, and I thought he was outstanding. And maybe we might be able to see him in the A-League on Wednesday. We'll have to wait and see on that. But for now, that'll do it for this week's NPL Sunday Show. Adam, thanks for talking to me once again. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Absolutely. We'll talk to you all again next week. In the meantime, get out and enjoy the next, the next seven days with the local football. There's plenty on, whether it's the Roar in the A-League, NPL, NPLW, FQPL. We'll talk to you all again next week on the Brisbane Football Reviews NPL Sunday Show.